Welcome to this week's episode of the House of Lords podcast. We are your hosts. This is Nicole. And as usual, I'm joined by Dexter. What's going on, y'all? And Armani. What's up, guys? And we are back for another week of shenanigans, I guess. It's not really any shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, it's still, still a whole pandemic outside. We staying in the house. Yeah, we should have been counting down how many weeks of bullshit this is <laughs> not having blockbuster movies come out because we're starting to feel it now. That's okay. So speaking of, that's a very good point. In like new news this week, Deadpool three is official and is coming to the MCU. It's gonna be rated R, and they're about to start shooting. Now they announced a few weeks, well probably about months now at this point, this track of time, that they were changing the writers for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. But they changed it to a fe- some female writers. When that was announced, of course, it came off, and there was an article, and they talked about it. it just came off very. We're trying to fill some boxes kind of ish because there was no reason to change the writers on Deadpool. Like Deadpool was good. There was nothing wrong with those scripts, I don't think. So did we just like hire female directors for the sake of or female writers for the sake of female writers? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really any controversy with those writers. No. So there was. So now if this movie does not do well, guess who's going to carry the blame for that? Here we go. <laughs> it, that's a real step. But that's real. But why and does that, it have to be because it, like, OK. I mean, but that's what, that's, what, that's what it will get blamed if it fails. Respect. Although, I don't see... Ryan Reynolds won't let that fail. But if it doesn't live up to the hype or to the greatness that was the first two Deadpools... And I feel like, in a way, that's kind of a setup. Because it's so hard to make a third good movie. Well, they do have Marvel Disney money behind this one. So, I think we'll probably get some good cameos that'll make this really worthwhile. Who do you guys want to see in Deadpool? Mm, but are cameos going to save Deadpool, though? For sure. Mm, I want to see the whole X-Men. Like, I need to see a team. Okay, I meant that's already in the MCU. Not who do you want to see, period. Oh, like, okay. I thought, okay. Like, I would like to see Doctor Strange or Loki. Uh, Spider-Man. Even if it's just a brief, like, interaction, like, that would be hilarious. Well, if you think about it, the next upcoming movies are Thor 4. There's going to be a Spider-Man 3. There's going to be a Doctor Strange 2. Black Panther 2. Captain Marvel 2. So all of these movies, well, whatever movie I guess is next may be the one that they tease. You know how they do. Mm-hmm. If it's really part of the MCU, then they're probably teased the next thing. It's different because we usually have something to look forward to. They really don't know what they're doing next. So they're kind of leaving you. So I've got some release dates for phase four and phase five. Black Widow is May. Well, okay. So as of right now, Black Widow is May 2021. Then you've got Shang-Chi. Is July. I wouldn't mind seeing that pop up in Deadpool. I can see that being the one that does pop up in Deadpool. Well, if that's what we're talking, I want to see Blade pop up in Deadpool. Oh, 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 oh that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> that'd be wild. Oh, man. The Eternals is November. Spider-Man is December. Doctor Strange is March of next year. Thor is May of next year. Black Panther 2 is July of next year. Captain Marvel 2 is November. So Deadpool probably that April release. Oh, no. No, they said they haven't started filming yet. Well, oh, yeah. It's not even started yet. So that could very well fall somewhere. I mean, it's going to be one of those next year shows. Maybe it'll be something that comes out this year. They start filming this month. There's that secret invasion thing as well. Secret invasion? It's the continuation of where Nick Fury is with Ben Mendelsohn. He's in Ready Player One. He's in... I forget where you said you knew him from. Is the guy who played Kree, I think. Oh, one of the Kree soldiers, yeah. One of the Kree soldiers or whatever. They are coming out with a show called Secret Invasion with Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Is that a movie or a show? It's going to be a show. So mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Okay. Do we think these Phase 4 and Phase 5 movies are going to... Do we think Marvel's actually going to come out with a movie this year? The latter answer is no. They don't have to do shit. We're already on board. Like It's not like nobody's going to stop and go... Who care? Like, it's not like nobody cares. We care. However, I think that if they're not going to put out anything, then they're going to put something big. I don't know. I don't know if those shows are enough to bring the revenue to Disney Plus and make them not have every year that goes by. They're missing out on this big investment. I think that they're also looking at it like we are the cash cows of movie theaters when movie theaters get going and popping we are the ones who are going to kick this shit back in gear so they really can just load their clip 
Armani, what do you think? As far as the Marvel movies? Yeah, do we think they were actually getting one this year? Do you think they were getting one this year? No, nah, I think they're going to focus on the shows just to kind of wait out. Because I feel like they have enough content lined up to get them through this next, I guess, to where we can see where the pandemic's going before they really need to risk just releasing a box office movie straight to streaming platforms. So people did not particularly care for having to pay for Mulan and having a subscription service. Would you pay for a Marvel movie and in addition to your Disney Plus? Dexter. Me? Yes, you. No. <laughs> Armani? Mm, no. See, and that's, that's where the interesting thing is. How are they going to recoup the money? If they can't recoup the I You like, would? I know, I would. That's one out of three. That's that's not enough, because that's, that's... Well, okay. How, how much, much are they Mulan? putting out? How much was Mulan? I think it was 20 bucks. 20 dollars like 30 I think. Oh, maybe it was. That's maybe it was 30. still less than three. That's less than three movie tickets. It's just because it's less than something that's outrageous and inflated mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't mean it's affordable. No, I'm just saying it just it just how much they stand to lose with the fact that it's not going to be in a box office. They're going to lose money. Period. You're not, you're not going to make that money that you would have got from a movie theater release. Period. No, if you because if you release it. Even if one in three people pays for it on Disney Plus, again, that's all you really need. We just have a watch party. It's mine. I own it. But look at look at a thing like Mulan. If Mulan at least is a little bit different than the other movies because Mulan is a niche. You know, parents are going to do that thing. They're bringing them out. People are bringing them out for those movies regardless. So the question is, how much money are you missing out? Period. From dealing with that you're dealing with maybe like you said thirty dollars and those are only people that are going to the movies just to see Mulan they're not getting everybody in the world and they still make out like fat rats so Mulan's budget was 200 million the movie made 70 million dollars oof not worth the risk but that's not because of but that's not because of the the platform that's not because of the situation. That's because it was mad controversy behind that movie. Okay, that's fair. That, they, they, they didn't get their. They didn't even get their their core audience to come see that movie. That's true. That's valid. So that might not be the measuring stick for what this is going to look like. So yeah, let's see. Fro- what if they would have dropped Frozen? Would have seen how much Frozen two, <laughs> how much <laughs> money that would have gained. You know what I mean? But you, they'll make well. You can make Frozen money up in merch. You can. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Marvel Studio Legends premiered this week. And what did you guys think? We all watched it. It is. So Marvel Studio Legends is a Disney Plus series that is going to feature a different Marvel Avenger or a different Avengers character. And they, it was presented originally like they were going to do backstory on the character. So I thought it was going to be this deep dive into where the character came from. It was not that at all. It was essentially the greatest hits. It was clips from all the movies that these people have been in. And the first one was Wanda and Vision ahead of WandaVision coming out. And it wasn't bad. I mean, if you just wanted to watch Wanda's greatest moments in, across the movies. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those things. I think they messed up trying to put Wanda and Vision um, as the first ones they released for that. Just because I don't feel they're necessarily who you're checking for if this is the kind of thing you're into, like this format. Yeah, if, if it had been more of a backstory, then it would have been cooler. But just showing me Wanda's clips from the movies. Yeah. I don't know if I needed that. Although the only one at this point I'm now looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Black Widow. Hmm. Black Widow is going to be serious. Because going back and redoing the, watching all the Marvel movies, and when you start Iron Man and you realize, like, she's been here. And she's been holding them down. Yeah, she's the OG. Yeah. So... The humans are the ones that the two (laughs) humans are the ones that got the most sense. Her and Hawkeye be chilling. Everybody else has ego problems. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, but ego problems obviously because they're mutants and well, you can't call them mutants, but they all got some shit that makes them different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. WandaVision premieres Friday this week. Check that out. I am looking forward to seeing the show though. Definitely looking forward to WandaVision. You guys looking forward to WandaVision? I don't really understand what it's supposed to be. Doctor Strange, from what I've gathered, it seems like Doctor Strange has put her, or they put her into a place mentally where she can kind of like recover. Because I believe she probably had a breakdown after the whole, after Endgame. She has a breakdown. So they put her in a state. And essentially these episodes and why you see all these different like time periods is what's going on in her brain. Oh. Hmm. I think it's going to be good. I'm not excited about it. 
<laughs> Does that make sense? You know what I mean? I yeah. think that it's going to be well done. I think what it comes down to is they're not making no shows about the major ever. <laughs> You've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up. Major. Yo, you see where they at on your wall? Yo, my Captain America is black. <laughs> so, oh, you know so, what? I guess they're saying that they took out, I guess, who we would consider the big players, or at least the team captains. There we go. Yeah, like he's B Squad. These are B Squad people. They're not doing no shows. <laughs> they might have to if they they're want not, some money in this pandemic. They're not even doing any more movies. They can walk around and be like, I quit. Iron Man, I quit. Captain America, I quit. Like, Thor's the only one like, look, I'm going to get this money regardless. Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> the better Chris? Is Chris Hemsworth the best Chris? Better between him and Chris Evans? Chris Evans? Oh. Chris Pine? Chris Evans, Chris Pine, and Chris Pratt. Oh, wait, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Price. Chris Hemsworth is definitely the best one. I agree. <laughs> Hemsworth is the best person. Although Evans is, is yeah, like Evans first. is pretty. Evans is pretty mm-hmm. versatile. Let's not you know let's not forget that he's he's not just Captain America's corny ass. <laughs> he's also cool ass Human Torch. Yeah, yeah, he has been. He was Johnny Storm. Yeah, he's been in some things, and he's the asshole in. Knives Out. He did a good job. Him in that sweater and Knives Out. Yeah, yo. Chris Evans is not to be slept on. However, yeah, Thor. Just watch Men in Black. Thor, man. Moving on to our first topic is Dickinson came back this week. Mm-hmm. First topic we're gonna first thing we're gonna talk about this week very briefly is the fact that Dickinson came back. So season two, episode one of Dickinson on Apple TV. We watched the first season. We enjoyed it. So we're gonna watch and actually talk about the second season this time. This go around. Yeah, Emily having eye problems, family's having money problems. Um, they're taking a border, happens to be someone that Lavinia used to like, and she still likes. He says he wants to marry her, so she's engaged to be engaged because she says no. We see that Sue and Austin have gotten married, and they live next door. They were trying to get the fuck away from the family, but they didn't. So one of the things that we talked about before was that this show uses modern-day things in a, in a period where they didn't exist. And this episode, they called somebody an influencer. Like, that was one of the things that... They use the word influencer and the way we currently use the word influencer. I realize it's not technically old school in the way that they do dialogue. It's mm-hmm. just they use the same... They use the the accent. And I think the old people speak like that. But I think the kids are, like, literal teenagers and shit. It's interesting. So there's an actual word for that. It's called anachronism. It's a chronological inconsistency... In a juxtaposition of a person, events, objects, or language and terms. An anachronism. Yes. Alright. That's what that's called. Also, kind of wrapping up that episode, not a lot happened. It wasn't, it was a typical first episode of a season. Henry says, oh, that him and Lavinia are engaged. She's like, no. And then we find out Sue lost the baby. That's where we're at. So she didn't have that baby that she was pregnant with in season one. I'm hoping this show picks up this season. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll pick up. Like, I think season one was well done. It was funny. So they've got some good content to build off of. Armani, what did you think about it? Because you didn't really watch season one of Dickinson. So I like it so far. This first episode, I guess, gave a good a good idea of the show. You don't, I wouldn't say that you necessarily need to start at season one to get into it. Because at this point, I'm into it. And I think it was a really good use of the modern day music that they had on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll definitely be here next week. There it is. They did a lot of that in season one. So if you enjoyed this, you definitely go back and check out season one a little bit. Shout out to Apple TV Plus. Yes, you can find that. It seems to be something that they're doing, bringing back their shows at the beginning of the year, because The Servant will be back out in a couple weeks. I think maybe next week, I guess. Yeah, I think The Servant's been docking for next week. Got it. All right, moving on from there. Next up, we're going to talk about Your Honor. Okay, so episode six opens up with, once again, with the judge, Michael, weaving this elaborate-ass story <laughs> about this poor lady who he needs to track down because she needs assistance to be kept safe from some dude who's, like, a danger to her. He's a bullshit artist at the his best. best kind, Judge Jedi. Yeah, and that's how he gets his cop friend to run that license plate and tell him who it belongs to. Because in the previous episode, he got the video of the back of his son's car from that POV. So that's what we're going to go with. Um, Dad Baxter 
gets into the judge's house and it's just in there. Django is not a guard dog. At all. He's a old golden retriever. <laughs> He's been through some trauma. Yeah, dog has been traumatized. And he gave him some food or something. Yeah. He was just but he was all in the house. He was in the refrigerator. He was going to their rooms. Used their toilet. Yes. He was just all doing all kinds of things in there. At this point, he thinks that it's the judge who killed his son and not the son. Well, I mean, he has no reason to assume anybody else besides the judge at this point. Right. We see Adam hanging out with Rocco's sister. It's a great setup for a whole lot of later on. Oh, man. Like, when this comes to a head, it's going to be amazing. Because I feel like it's going to be the son who ends up breaking down and telling her he's the one who killed her brother. Like, he's going to have a breakdown at some point. Or he's going to get caught. Either way, it's going to be on him. Yeah. And it's going to rain down on his dad. For fucking sure. I'm telling you, it's it's got potential for season two. <laughs> season two could be all about his ass. Who is dad falling apart? Your Honor. Yo, somebody has to deal. Like, there has to be some sort of... With the pace of the show right now... You can kind of tell that they're not going to get to a certain point. So mm-hmm. they probably will bring it into another. I don't know. I think I think these actors, I think it's all about doing shows that are good and that can stay on. And you don't mind. Because he's an old man. Brian Cranston could do this again. Why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's not that old where he can't, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Get you a show. Keep it moving. He's a call your shots. He's a proven money bringer at this point. There's there's no way there's not. He so he follows the address and it leads him to this old guy in a retirement home. And he goes in there and the old guy has dementia and thinks he's someone else and they kind of sit there and they chit chat. But the old guy tells him about his was it his son or his grandson? Uh his son, I believe. Okay. So the old guy tells him about his son. <laughs> Dexter, what did he tell him about his his son? He said he was fucked up before, during, and after he was born. (laughs) Said, oh shit, that like, damn, like he said, what he call him? He called him a uh, ass backward baby. Yeah, (laughs) he said this ass backward baby had the nerve to steal my camera. (laughs) Or ass first baby. Ass first, yeah, yeah, ass first baby, like. (laughs) It's wild, yo. But again, Judge Jedi doing what Judge Jedi does. He's sitting there sitting with him. First of all, then he brings some groceries. Yes, he brings the delivery guy. He, <laughs> he brought him. some groceries, put him in the refrigerator, sat down with homie, had a good talk with him, got all this information from him. He tried to leave, but dude wouldn't let him leave. He's like, what, you leaving right now already? Yeah. And then there was a moment where... He want you could tell that this is weighing on him, and he wanted to talk to him about it. Like he wanted to tell him what he was dealing with, but of course he doesn't. He had the D mention. <laughs> That's what he called it. The D mention. They said I got the D mention. He does though find out where he can find the guy's son, and that's his next move is to get in contact with him, to meet up with him, to get this video. We see Carlo and Chet. Working to turn 500K into a million. That's their goal right now. Lord have mercy. <laughs> they go to Big Mo to talk to her, I guess, about being their supplier or distributing and stuff like that. And she's going to use this clearly as a way to get back. It. She's going to even this thing up through him, I'm sure. She said Big Mo believe in the long game. The dad Baxter and his right-hand man go to Michael's house. They're sitting outside when they come home. So they see... The son and the dad in there. So basically, they're, they're staking this place out. They're they're watching them pretty hard. And then there is a scene where Jimmy's daughter is telling her dad about this great guy she's hanging out with. Mm. And he's like, you should bring him over for dinner. <laughs> she's like, sure. You Sounds know, great. Yeah, let's do this. And they had a whole bonding moment. So you could tell how close they were. Yeah. That I was, was looking at them like, oh, that's so nice. Like. I was even thinking to myself, like, the actor in her are, like, like he's really crying. Like, it's very interesting how close they made them look. Mm-hmm. So when this shit implodes, you're going to see. She's going to get ruthless on them, too. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. This next episode is going to probably be. I hope the next episode is good, but I hate when shows have stuff, something like this. It's kind of build up. And then the next episode is, like, meh, mad filler stuff. 
And then like the season finale is where they where they throw out all the good shit. Don't get gas till eight. <laughs> Basically. Michael asks meets up with Charlie and they are having a discussion in the diner again. He asks them to take care asks him to take care of his son should something happen to him. Because he already knows or has an idea that he's you know, should something bad's gonna happen here. So he's kind of trying to prepare for that. And it's clear that he's probably going to try and take the brunt of this as opposed to letting any of this fall on his son. The black kid in jail tells Kofi's lawyer that it was the Baxter kid or a white guy that asked about Kofi prior to his death. And he told she he did tell her his name. So he told her it was Carlo Baxter mm-hmm. who was asking about him. So now she is following all these clues and she knows what happened at this point about what went down with Kofi. In the prison. She had to gas him, too. She was like, I represent you. My firm charges $1,000 an hour. $1,000 an hour. She said, "She said I represent you. My firm charges $1,000 an hour. And I'm willing to give you a $1,000 discount. <laughs> so, shit. <laughs> Michael meets up with the person who's blackmailing him at this boat site. After failing to get the amount of money that was initially asked for, he meets him up at this boat site. And then Jimmy appears. And then they shot the guy. Didn't they shoot him? Did they shoot him outside? Or did they wait until they got inside and shot him? After the judge, they got him off the boat. And they took both of them captive. And he finally got the judge. Okay. Jimmy shows up at the boathouse or at the dock where Michael is meeting the blackmailer person. And tells him that he knows that he killed his son. And he's just like, uh, no, I didn't. Or, you know. They're on, like, they're on the trail to arrest. They're about to arrest your other son, is what he throws out there. They're about to arrest him, and I can help you. I can help keep him safe. Like, I can make sure I get his case and that he stays out of jail. So we see that that's going to be how he tries to get out of this or tries to fix this situation. That could be season two as well. Yeah, that whole court case, if it goes to trial, when it goes to trial. Because I can't see them not arresting him. Like, there's the cop, the lawyer knows. She's already told somebody, like, this discussion's being had. She's got the evidence she needs, so he's definitely going to get arrested. It's a great show. Armani, thoughts, comments, concerns? Uh, Something this episode showed me was how little investigation this mob boss really does. Because, I mean, he really could have just looked at the prescription on the inhaler and seen that was Adam's. Or, you know, seen that Adam was the one that was usually driving that car. Or the fact that he had a son before he went there. Uh, Or before he even assumed who was driving. Because not like Adam's is like 15, 16. That's very true. I didn't like the fact that the judge didn't flex the fact that he's a judge. <laughs> kind of was just like, you know, don't kill me. I'm like, you know who I am? Something like that. Something. Why not? <laughs> if you're going to shoot me, you're going to shoot me. You should know that shooting a judge is more of a big deal. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I'm tripping. No, that's true. I would have. Like, you do realize I'm a judge, right? This is not a good idea. That would have got said. Yeah, like, you know, if you're a cop, you're going to say, you know, you can't kill a cop. Something. Your Honor. Sundays on Showtime. Showtime. So we watched a couple movies worth discussing because we always watch a shit ton of movies and they're not all worth discussing. But this week we watched two movies. Four movies. Okay. Yeah, we watched more than two movies. Two movies. But two movies worth discussing. (laughs) The first movie we're going to talk about is Shadow in the Clouds. So again, (laughs) I actually picked this movie. I saw Chloe Grace Moritz. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. I saw her on the front of the marquee and I just clicked it. I said, let's watch it. Fuck it. Man, oh man. (laughs) I I don't know. I I shouldn't be trying to take credit for this movie. However, I got to be honest that I'm the reason why you guys had it on your docket. (laughs) So this movie starts off following a young lady who gets onto a World War II fighter plane going to war, carrying a satchel that she says is extremely important and classified. And she, her job is to transport it and protect it. And no one's looking at it and no one's to touch it. She gets on this plane full of dudes at a time period when women don't fly on planes in the military, especially combat flights. So they're all like, why is this brought on this plane? Literally. The shit that comes out of these guys' mouth is the most sexist, chauvinistic, but funny. Some people might not find it funny. So if you're super sensitive to chauvinistic shit, this might not be the one for you. But if you can take a joke, like if you can listen to to BS and laugh at it and just shake your head, dialogue's pretty hilarious. Yo, you crazy. That shit was the equivalent of, that's the equivalent of you seeing somebody's group chat and they all shitting on you. (laughs) 
you're never supposed to hear or see those things. She heard things by herself that she should have never heard ever. They was digging in that. Oh my God, yo. It was bad, yo. Like picking up the house phone. Or no, putting your friend on three way and going on mute. Mm-hmm. She gets put down because they didn't really have room on the thing and they didn't know why she was there. On these planes below, there's a top gun and a bottom gun on this on this plane. So you sit in this little bubble and you shoot the planes on the outside. So they put her in a little bubble and that's where she's going to sit. And then one of the other guys took her package for her to hang on to. She starts to go left while she's down there in that bubble because <laughs> she starts seeing things. Or she sees what looks like some kind of flying very large bat or it looks like a furry tail that's what it was first so this quickly becomes okay this is a sci-fi-ish movie like this is what we're doing i do want to point out in the beginning of the movie the music was very much 80s sci-fi synth music it's like okay i'm not mad at it i like it i like it it was a fun movie it felt at the beginning it felt like a gremlins prequel and i thought that that's where they were going when they kept playing the 8-bit music yes they mentioned gremlins um, the gremlins are, in reference to flying on airplanes, they're these creatures that people don't think exist. Like, they're like a myth um, or an urban legend, essentially, among pilots type thing. Okay, so she sees this, and then this shit starts to quickly spiral out of control. And we learn that everything is not what it seems with this young lady. She is, in fact, she was in the military. She was married to some dude, and she was having an affair with the guy who was in the Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband was abusive. She wasn't just cheating on her husband. She was escaping an abusive situation. Yes. She had an abusive husband. She got pregnant by a guy, B. And her bright idea to run away was to take her baby and get aboard a fighter pilot going, or a fighter plane going into war. Yeah. So while she's down there in this gunner thing and all hell started to break loose, the guys above start to think that this is happening because of whatever's in her satchel. So it's like, we're going to open it. And she kept telling them, she convinced them by dropping a general's name. Like, not to open it, super classified. So for the longest, they didn't open it. But then they were like, fuck it. No, whatever's in your bag is causing whatever's going on with this plane. So they open it, and there's a baby inside. And it immediately turns into, you brought a baby on a plane? Like, why is this baby here? Like, why would you do this? (laughs) And they begin shitting on her about how she's a neglectful mother (laughs) throughout the rest of the movie. I mean, that was the turning point. It really showed you the importance of context. Like, as soon as you realized that part, the movie got stupid. The movie was cool until then. And you were like, wait, what? You brought... The plane was just upside down for, like, mad long. All right. <laughs> so there's lots of uh, interesting scenes in everybody. It, it, and you're right. At that point, it does very much turn into an 80s bad B movie that I still found enjoyable, but I like 80s bad B movies. Yeah. I, I only had two problems. Got it. My only two problems were the fact that she did so much hanging and acrobatic stuff in the air mm-hmm. while a plane was moving, flying, was upside down at one point, and she's crawling across it like it's okay. And then when it <laughs> turned back around and she was hanging, she's swinging off of it like it's okay. It's a plane, dog. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, this is not going twenty miles per hour. This is not like you couldn't do that shit on a car. Mad Max is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that type of... And then, you know, how she beat the gremlin up. Yes, so this gremlin, which could fly. gremlin flying away. Sat there took an ass woman. From her dumb ass. Yeah. Yeah, that part was different. She had sold herself as being this, like, fighter pilot. Like, that's what she told them. She was this top secret pilot or pilot who were, like, had flown all these missions and done all this stuff. Now, she did shoot a plane out of the sky, so that kind of sold that story. But then you find out that's not even true. And then I was kind of disappointed because I was excited when I thought, oh, okay, she's a female pilot or combat pilot. That was, you know, interesting. No, she just happens to be a chick who was lucky and can shoot shit. She knows how to aim a gun out of a plane. So I, I wish feel I like that romance entanglement, like, just made it, just cheapened it a little bit. It cheapened it a lot, for sure. <laughs> I would have liked had that had been something else better. It definitely, that was a weird turn, for sure. This whole thing was about her getting close to the dude that she was in love with. And as he sat there this whole time listening to these dudes shoot on his lady, like all the things that they kept saying about her, and they just he just sat there and like didn't say anything for a quarter of the movie. I just a bitch ass thing. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I do like about this are you could tell well no, let me not say you can I'm interested to know if this was a corona shot type of thing 
because there's never a lot of cast together in scenes. Like most of this movie takes place her sitting in this bubble and you hear stuff going along going on on the plane. So you don't even see the rest of the guys doing much for the majority of the movie. That's a fact. All you hear is their voices. I thought that was interesting. When there are scenes and things happen to the guys, it's done with almost a black background with like a red lighting. So it's not even a full on like scene in a shot. It's just very It wasn't weird because that's how they introduced it at the very beginning. When they introduced each soldier to her when she was in the bubble, they pretty much showed this background with each of these guys with this, you know, it didn't look as crazy because she was in this bubble. But like she's like you said, she was in the bubble for like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. So out of 10 star rating or actually. So would you recommend this movie? Who would you recommend this movie? Like, is there who is the audience for this movie? I'm gonna go with a seven point five. And I don't really yeah. I mean like it was it wasn't necessarily a bad movie. I'd watch it again. It's just mad cheesy at the end. Like I like I, I really like that first half of before you knew she had a baby in there. Like literally that ruined the movie. Yeah, it was really good until then. I think it was it, it was unique and everything about it was good until then. Uh, I can't give it no seven and a half though. Yeah, it's seven and a half. I gotta really give it. And no disrespect to your rating because I understand your rating because it was a well executed movie. It was well. It was great to watch. It wasn't something that was hard to watch. It was really easy to watch. However, that gremlin fight pisses me off. <laughs> you can see his face. <laughs> Makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. I would give it a five star rating. Five out of ten. Because I'd, I'm I would watch it. I would watch it. I ain't, I ain't mad at your money. All right. Wrapping up our movies, we also watched Greenland, starring Gerard Butler. And that was a movie. That was a really good one. I enjoyed that movie. It, the premise of the movie is Gerard Butler, what, what is he? Just He's someone in the government. He's a government employee. We don't know what his job is. He builds buildings. He builds buildings. They said that. Okay. That's why he got picked. Because so, he builds buildings. So he, he builds buildings. So essentially, in his particular situation he was called on his phone or he was sent a text message on his phone by the government saying that he was picked to go to the bunker that's kind of how the movie starts they don't tell you anything it's not a lot of anything going on it's like boom emergency situation this is what happened and you don't know why he got picked but you realize shortly that his friends didn't get picked and his neighbors didn't get picked Mm. and you're like oh this shit's selective that changes everything about the movie. That makes the movie like The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. That makes it apocalyptic just off of that with the dog-eat-dog people mentality. And the alert that he received was similar to an Amber Alert that was sent out by the Department of Homeland Security. Now, there is a presidential alert that we all get on our phone, but it's, it's funny because there probably is a Homeland Security alert specifically for government employees that if, you know, a comet was going to hit the planet... Only if like people were going to get those notifications right. to, to clear out. So shown pretty early on, his son has diabetes and has a little insulin pump. So we know that anytime there's a parts are moving quickly and they show you that someone has a illness, that's going to come into play later on. So it's going to be like, okay, at some point they're going to need to get this kid's insulin and that's going to be pro- be a problem. Yep. Um, but they try to try to, they make their way to where they're told to go, which is a military base, to be able to board these planes that were going to a bunker they get to the spot where they're supposed to go they get through but then they forgot his medicine in the car so gerard butler goes back to get it the wife and the son are getting ready to be on the plane and she steps aside to tell the officer hey my husband just went back to get my son's medicine can you make sure he knows that we're getting on this plane and, and the soldier's like well wait a minute your son's medicine what does he need medicine for and she's like he has diabetes no big deal and he's like yeah no nah, i'm gonna need you to stay right here and she's like no I don't want to stay here. I just want to go get on the plane. And we have our wristbands. And he's like, no, no, you stay. <laughs> now it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, this is when it was like, ooh. Because uh, they got separated. And they're like, yeah, no one with an illness is supposed to get get on board. Which makes sense that if there's about to be a catastrophic... Because what was happening was a meteor that was supposed to miss the U.S. or miss Earth takes out a chunk of Florida. And then the rest of it is going to hit Europe. And it's going to be a extinction event essentially is what it is so this is going to kill 
everything above ground. If you're in a situation like that, you can only fit so many supplies in places. So there's really no way to be like, okay, we need to make sure like anyone with diabetes or these diseases who need these medications go to this bunker because that's where all that medication is going to be at. There's like no way to tell how long we're going to have to be down here. So I get why that was a thing. I, th- I think it's more about if these are the last people that are going to survive, you don't want to bring diabetes into the new world if you have choice, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the case. Uh, agreed. <laughs> I think that's, they were like, look, we don't need to bring any of this. We need to bring healthy, su- healthy substantial people that can do things, that can <laughs> help us build a new civilization that will sustain itself. It's very interesting, you know, how they worked it out. They also showed you at the beginning the wife was like a runner when her ass was hightailing down that road. <laughs> you could believe what she was doing. It was it was just interesting how unbelievable the things that were happening happened. And because the idea of them ever seeing each other again with them all three being split up is super far-fetched. So, okay, in that, <laughs> they took her off the plane. He gets the medicine and comes back. He, he gets on said plane, and there's, like, four planes on this runway. Four big old, I think, C-130 sitting on this runway, which in itself was interesting. He gets on one of the planes, and he doesn't see them. And the guy tells him there's, like, five planes out here. They could be on any one of them. So the question became, do I just sit here, and then I'll go, and then we'll meet up there? Um, but luckily, a guy sees him with the insulin and is like, hey, how did you get on here with that? And he's like, it's my son's medicine. He's like, yeah, yeah I get that. My sister and his kid was like, also had something wrong with him or whatever. And they told him, no, he couldn't come. So they, you know, rejected him. So that's when his spidey senses go off. And he's like, all right, let me get the fuck off this plane. So he tries to get off a said plane. What the hell? And he gets off, but then all hell starts breaking loose on the tarmac. Because at this point, people who can't get through manage to storm their way through when they're running for the planes. Mm-hmm. So now we've got planes. We've got fire. We've got planes blowing up. So roll that back. So he gets off the plane, let him off the plane. And all hell is breaking loose outside in the tarmac. Guys trying to fuel up. People are trying to bum rush at this point. And they're shooting people to, like, or start firing shots at towards the crowd to get them to chill out. That never works. The gas goes up and a plane explodes. A plane that had people on it. It caused a train reaction, chain reaction, and the plane next to it explodes. So good thing he got off that plane when he did. Although, good to go. Wouldn't have been no movie. <laughs> At this point, his wife has been separated. She's going back towards the car because they kicked her out. And he's in this airport of hell and they're separated. Yeah, looking for her. So she is like, she decides, okay, we're going to make it to my dad's house. And then her dad lives in Lexington, Kentucky, um, somewhere near there. So she's like, I just need to get to my dad's house. She's going to hitchhike to there. So she hitches a ride with this couple, older couple, and she's explaining to them what they've been through. And the husband just turns batshit crazy. Husband turns crazy and decides, well, what if he had a better family? And they let him through. So then he pulls over, drags the mom out of the car, and steals her bracelet in an attempt to, they were going to take the kid to another one of those airstrip locations to get on the plane. Was their plane. Now you've got all three family members to separate because they threw ass out on the side of the highway and took off with her kid screaming in the backseat. And they actually make it to an airport and they go to the gate. He put the, he put the wristband on his wife. Little boy still has the wristband on and at first, they're about to get through. And the little boy, it's one of those moments where he's just like, say something. Because he's like, oh, this is my son. And this is my wife. And the little boy says, these are not my parents. And he was like, what? <laughs> the soldier's like, yeah. He was trying to just skate through. And then the soldier was like, I need to see yours too. And he was like, but this is my wife and my son. He's like, okay, it's cool. I need to see yours too. And then that's when the little boy was like, this is not my parents. Got it. Got and it. Okay. So, little boy is now being held. Dumbass, man. <laughs> being kept safe. The mom is walking down the highway crying. Because what else can she literally do besides cry? Because her baby got taken. <laughs> she had one job. Bruh, That's... don't do that. I know. That's me. They drag the fuck out of this. Like, yo, <laughs> first of all, you, your wife, can, like, yo, both of y'all belong together. At first, his wife did lock the door and she was like, what are you doing? And then he was like, open this door, Joy. I don't know for anybody. And she went for it. And she, but she went for it. So now you're both crazy. Oh, now man. you're both accessory to kidnapping. But I guess it's apocalypse. So. Um, Mom makes it to the airport, though. So she does get reunited with her son. And they end up trying to get back on their journey. The very nice nurse in the camp said, we'll find you a military bus who can take you 
to where you need to go. And she packed him a bunch of medical supplies. And it was a really nice, touching, heartwarming scene. Right. As Gerard Butler is also making his way there in the same direction. Because he doesn't end up getting a message from her saying they're going to her dad's house. So they all know where they're going. So Gerard Butler hitches a ride in the back of a tomato truck to get to where he's going. And these guys in the back of the truck are like, hey, you got a wristband. Give me that wristband. He meets a very nice young black kid who told him that there are planes leaving out of Canada that are going to Greenland because there's a bunker in Greenland and that's where they're heading. And he was like, okay, that's cool. I need to go get my wife though. And this is where she's going. And then, you know, try and make it there. That's where he discovers why he was picked. Yes, as well. That's when he realizes why the people were picked because he said that his mom or something like that was a doctor mm-hmm. and that that's why they were picked. However, and he said, oh, I build things, I build buildings. He was like, oh, that makes perfect sense as to why you were picked. So as you can see, they were trying to build a whole civilization. Very interesting stuff. Yes, build that back up. Get to the dad's house. Or actually, no, before that even happens. A fight ensues on this truck and they veer off the road. Everyone gets thrown out the, and like down a hill. Some people make it further down the hill. Some people make it not so far and die. Unfortunately, the young black kid, very nice black kid who we now like at this point, dies. Um, and these two dudes are still trying to take Gerard Butler's bracelet on the side of the road post-car crash. Now, why are two dudes fighting over one bracelet was beyond me. Yeah, and at this point, I would have just gave it to him. Like, I see the problems it's going to cause. And if he, if he knows his son can't get on any of these planes with his bracelet, there's no point in going through all that. That's a point. How the hell did he get on there anyway, now that I think about it? Well, <laughs> so he gets to her dad. He, the Gerard Butler tells him that they're going to head to Greenland to get on this, or Canada to get on a plane to Greenland. The dad's like, nope, I my wife died in this house. Everything I have is in this house. My life is in this house. I'm going to die in this house. So he's like, I'm not taking my OS with y'all. Gives them some guns. They make their way to Canada. And they get to this airport where this plane is legitimately taking off. There's a plane taking off. They drive their truck in front of it and manage to stop it. The plane is pretty full as it is. But they make room for them, of course. They get to yeah, they get on this plane, heading to Greenland. They're flying. A piece of the meteor hits an area not too far. And it sends a, a wave that knocks this plane out of the sky and it crashes. Luckily for them, though, they cl- crashed not too far from their, where they were going in Greenland. Like, not too far from the bunkers. And yeah, because, <laughs> man, it wouldn't have been a movie if uh, they would have crashed anywhere not near them, you know, since the whole country. Just saying. Yeah, so they managed to uh, crash close to where they were going and then hightail it there. And they get in the bunkers. Because, you know, if you, I mean, if, if you crash in Trenton and, you know, you needed to be in Camden, you're fucked. So, I'm just saying, like, they just happened to be right there, huh? Got it. That killed me, yeah. <laughs> that killed me. They just... But maybe it's... I guess it's because they're on the way there. They were on the way there anyway. That's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to say. Like, if you if, think about it, if somebody was supposed to go to Philly, and we're on the way to Philly, and we crash in... Simmonson. Camden. Simmonson, yeah. And it's like, yo, over the water. Right over there. <laughs> I'm dead, yo. Um, shout out to That's our cool. non-Jersey listeners who have no clue what we're talking about. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> That's cool. Look it up. Yes. Okay. They're, they're 30 minutes apart from each other, at least. Driving. We can Google Map how long it takes to walk or run from. But either way, that shit is far. It is. Shit not down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into the bunkers. Meteor hits. All life above ground is pretty much fucking dead. It's dead. They were in the bunkers for nine months, and then they get the all-clear, very Fallout 4-ish type of thing, and then we hear comms from other bunkers. So we learned there was a Greenland bunker, and there was a bunker, you know... Like Hong Kong. Yeah. There was a bunker in... Australia. Buenos Aires. Yeah, so there's there was mad bunkers around the world, and everyone's starting to emerge. Um, I always find it interesting in things like this, when like when they were coming out, and you're seeing how fucked up things are, like, where do you even begin? How do you even clear the debris? <laughs> but you got to understand certain shit like that has, like, that shit doesn't, hasn't recovered. Like, certain shit is still fucked up. No, but when you think about it, that makes, makes sense, man. Because it wasn't like, I'm legend fucked up. We just maybe need to cut some grass. Yeah. <laughs> and when things are getting old. No, yeah. it's like everything is, this is ruins. Yeah. But I think, but that's the thing. If you look at other things in history, there are things that are still fucked up. I I was about to name a couple of things, but I don't want to name anybody's home areas. You know what I'm saying? So Greenland, out of ten stars, Armani, what are you giving it? Oh, uh, that was definitely a um, 
I say about a nine. I was gonna say you gave Shadow in the Sky <laughs> or Shadow in the Clouds a fucking seven. Like you started that. You set that bar way too high. I'm sorry. I'm gonna need you to go back and reevaluate your score. I mean, I just I <laughs> felt like five is something that just like it was a movie. I wouldn't rewatch it again, but it wasn't horrible. So my rating scale is a little a little staggered. Yeah, it's clearly um uh, yeah. Clearly bullshit starts at five <laughs> <laughs> or a four. Like no, I'm sorry. Respect though. That's I understand what you're saying. I would give this movie this is a solid eight. I liked it. And the only reason why I'm giving it an eight is because there's a lot of great shit that has to be, you know, like a nine and a oh, half or a sure. ten. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I would give that an eight. It was a solid movie. It made me really miss movie theaters. It made me wish that that was in the movie theater. Like, that was the first movie that I've seen since the pandemic that I can remember. I'm not sure, but that I can remember that I was like, that should have been in the movie theater. Agreed. Very much so. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman deserved a movie theater. But I would give this a seven, seven and a half. Cause, and I agree that, you know, it was a very solid movie. I think Gerard Butler is a, is a movie theater actor. Like, his movies. I have not not enjoyed any of his movies and they're all good to watch in a theater like that they all got good replay value i think yeah and i would i would watch this again yeah he really has like he's mr play value uh, him and you know what him who does all the blood who, who does um white house down channing tatum yes 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 i think channing tatum's action movies have replay value channing tatum <laughs> you made a mistake right <laughs> you're joking right I She's joking, y'all. She just those was just joke. Those was joke. She got mixed up because because Gerard Butler did the White House movie and she got it mixed up with the Jamie Foxx Shannon Tatum movie. But she didn't mean that. She didn't mean that. She didn't mean that. Cause god damn it, no. <laughs> What the hell was the last time we seen Bull in any movie? Like, what was the last time? What, what was the last movie he was in? The last movie I remember him being in was uh. He was in a, one of those White House movies. He was um Olympic. Not is it Olympus has fun? He was in Kingsman the sequel, oh. but I feel like White House Down was before that. Armani was the one that we got the free screening to. White House Down was the name of the movie. That was a good movie, but Channing Tatum is in relatively good movies. Is that what you're? Is that the hill that you're on right now? <laughs> Not one I'm willing to die on, but it I mean, sounds like it. Okay, so I'm just trying to figure out what you mean. Like, what movies? Today's actor, whose IMDb we are going to run down and show appreciation for, and or shit on, depending on which co-host you ask, is Channing Tatum. <laughs> so we have White House Down. Good movie, bad movie. Good movie. Armani. GI Joe. Bad movie. Also bad movie. The Kingsman. Golden Circle. Good movie. Didn't watch it. Really? You should watch it. You Have you watched any of the Kingsman movies? No, he keeps saying this. And for the longest, I thought this was the movie that was on Netflix, um, where the guy was like a British spy or something. But no. Okay, so your homework assignment is to watch Oh, the man, Kingsman you're movies. lucky. Kingsman is good. The yeah. sequel is good, too. Magic Mike. I didn't watch Magic Mike. Not applicable. <laughs> 21 Jump Street. Uh-huh. As well. Dear John. Not applicable. Why is it not applicable? I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. All right, yeah, I didn't see it either. I know what Dear John is, but didn't see it. It was a good one. Coach Carter. I don't know if he should really get credit. That's not his, but he's in it. That's a good movie. He's in The Hateful Eight. That was a good movie. He was in The Hateful Eight for like five minutes. True. This is the end, but who was? That shouldn't count, because like everyone their mother was in that movie. That's a good movie. Great movie. All right, that's where we'll stop. What about Step Up? That's a good movie. I saw Step Up and I didn't say it. Step Up's a good movie. See? He's talking about Channing Tatum. That's all he's good for. Dancing? It's dancing. <laughs> Fox Catcher. i never seen that. I heard it was good. All right. So, wrapping up this week's episode, Sleepers. Armani, what's your sleeper? My sleeper is a movie on Hulu called Spree. It stars Joe Keery from Stranger Things. And the premise of it is that Joe Curie is trying to create the social media following by doing YouTube videos, and he's been trying at it for, like, six years. Can't do it. It's not working. So he decides that he's going to go viral by killing people live, by, by doing Uber. He does Uber, basically, and kills people live, and just keeps going. That's promising. So I actually have that on the list. I never watched it, yo. It's good? It's not exactly good. 
it's interesting. It kind of gets you sucked in at a point because you're just like, how far is this gonna go? Like, are you serious? It's it's one of those kind of you watch it for the shock of, but yeah, it's okay. not it's not by any means Oscar. I understand. Okay, Dexter, what's your sleeper? Uh, my sleeper is The King of Staten Island. It's on HBO Max. It's stars Pete Davidson uh, from Saturday Night Live. That's what he's from, right? Yep. Saturday Night Live. Um, Ariana Grande's old boo, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's literally what I know him from, which is sad. I mean, as if I'm a tabloid junkie. However, Judd Apatow from Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's, a, it's one of those movies where you don't really have a specific plot. You're just watching the lifestyle of someone growing up in Staten Island, which is a very interesting place. It's, however, mm-hmm. they don't get very much respect because... They damn near in New Jersey. No disrespect to us. <laughs> it is very much you're watching, like you just said, someone's life. So it starts off kind of slow, but it's a really good movie. I will agree with you. That was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I kind of want to see if he's been in anything, Pete Davidson's been in anything else that I'm going to want to watch. It's a lot of emotion in the movie. It's not, you would never expect it. Like, But then again, when you think about Judd Apatow, he's done a few comedies, but he also has done a few things that are, you know, kind of tearjerkers and shit like that. It's a little bit of both, you know. It's funny, but dry funny. Really smart movie, though. HBO Max, The King of Staten Island. Okay. My Sleeper, Fatal, stars Hilary Swank and Michael Ealy. It is a... Fatal Attraction. It's a Fatal Attraction with a twist, though. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like you think you know where it's going, and then things start happening. And you're like, never know where it's going. Yeah, like I didn't see that. Oh, I hope this actually doesn't. Like it's it's actually it's different. Like I thought we were about to sit here and watch another one of those movies where dude cheats on his wife and the chick he sleeps with becomes obsessed. We've seen that movie done about five times. This ain't it. It's not. It's really good. Check it out. I recommend it. It's on demand for twenty dollars, but yes, there are places. Figure that out. <laughs> there are other. Streaming platforms where you can buy it or rent it. So I think that's it. So that's it. That's a podcast. That is a podcast. So remember to like, rate, subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and check out our Patreon, House of Blurs, if you get a chance as well. That thing's still up and rolling. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias. At House of Blurs. Check us out on YouTube. And we are now on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe. It's another great way to, to listen to us and find us. So until next time, take care of yourselves and be good to each other. <laughs>